Chapter Twenty One of the Film of Fear by Arnold Fredericks. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty One. In reconstructing the case from the beginning, Duval said later in the day, one fact stands out with a special prominence: the almost total absence of any definite clues. He was sitting in the library of the Morton apartment, and with him were his wife, Mrs. Morton, and Ruth. The thing was very cleverly done, Mrs. Morton remarked. I still do not understand in the least how, for instance, were the letters placed in my daughter's room. I am coming to that, replied Duval. But first, I will run over the case in light of Miss Norman's confession to me so that you may understand it thoroughly and decide what action you wish to take against her and her sister miss ford her sister yes the woman's name is not norman it is ford jane ford norman is an assumed name the two of them came to New York about a year ago from somewhere upstate, a small town near Rochester, I believe. One secured employment in the motion picture studio. The other, the one calling herself Miss Norman, worked as a stenographer. Her interest in motion pictures having been aroused by her sister's stories of the life in the studio, she became an ardent picture fan and she spent every evening watching the films. Her attention was particularly devoted to the pictures in which your daughter appeared, owing to the stories her sister told her about Miss Morton's marvelous salary, her beauty, the ease with which she had become famous. These stories naturally inflamed her sister's mind. Working for ten dollars a week, she began to compare her state with that of a girl of her own age, earning a hundred times as much, and gradually the idea began to possess her that she could become a motion picture star herself. At first she admired Miss Morton immensely, and never missed an opportunity to see the pictures in which she appeared. Then, convinced of her own ability as an actress, she made application at the studio at which her sister worked for a position. It seems she haunted the studio for several weeks without getting any encouragement. Then, uh, more to get rid of her than for any other reason, one of the directors offered her a place as an extra woman in a picture Miss Morton was doing, a very minor part in which she had to appear momentarily as a salary woman at a counter in a department store. Unfortunately, when Miss Morton saw her, she happened to say to the director that she would have preferred a woman of a different type, dark, taller, so as to provide a more effective foil to her own type of beauty. As a result, the girl did not get the position. I am so sorry ruth cried i hadn't the least idea who the girl was and of course i wouldn't have done her any harm for the world i know that duval replied but 
she did not she is mentally rather erratic and she at once conceived the idea that you had singled her out for persecution that in fact you were envious of her abilities and meant to prevent her from getting a chance oh the thing preyed on her mind and i fancy unbalanced it a little she conceived a violent hatred for you and with her sister began to plot revenge her first move was to persuade her sister to move to the house on fifty-seventh street close to your apartment i think it took them some time to find the place to secure a room situated as miss ford's was but at last they managed it then they went to work the letters were all typewritten on a machine belonging to a public stenographer whom the girls knew jane ford would stop in at this woman's place late in the afternoon and asking permission to use one of the machines would type the threatening letters the paper she used was procured especially for her by her sister at a stationery store downtown the seal a curious thing had belonged to the girl's father and she conceived the idea of signing the letters with it to add to the grimness of her threats as a matter of fact i do not think she ever had the least intention of carrying them out it was to be solely a campaign of fear she had probably thought that she could so frighten you miss morton that your health would be broken down and your work consequently interfered with to such an extent that you would lose your position as i say i think she is rather mentally somewhat unbalanced i cannot account for some of her actions otherwise the mailing of the first letter the telephone messages were comparatively simple it was the delivery of those at the apartment that taxed her ingenuity yet the method was simple enough the girl's father i am told had been an animal trainer in the circus and one of his bequests to his daughters was a pet monkey named jack that had been taught to do all sorts of tricks the girls brought this monkey to new york with them after their father's death when the question arose of delivering the letters in your room miss morton she decided to make use of the animal creeping out of marcia ford's bedroom to the roof of the back building and taking the monkey with her she crossed the roof of the second house and reached the wall of the apartment from here she was in a position to reach either of your bedroom windows in the following manner the monkey was led by means of a long thin rope attached to a sort of harness about his neck and shoulders by going to the rear edge of the back building they could readily swing him over to the fire escape while by ascending to the top of the attic roof overlooking the court 
they could in the same way enable him to reach the other window the monkey had been trained to carry objects in his mouth this accounts for the row of indentations on the letters found in your room i had supposed they came from some mechanical device fastened to the end of a long pole but as a matter of fact they were made by a monkey's teeth the animal being light in weight and the pads of his feet being of course soft no traces of his presence were found on the newly painted surface of the fire escape the handkerchief that i found there had been knotted about his neck as the collar to which the rope was fastened had seemed a bit weak in some way it became detached probably when the girls jerked on the cord to summon him back after he had completed his task in crossing the roofs of the two houses the monkey's paws as well as the rope became covered with dust this explains the spots which seem to be finger marks upon the counterpane of your bed and the long dark straight line across the bed which i thought might have been left by a rod or pole as a matter of fact it was made by a tightly stretched rope the sending of the monkey on the night when you were lying in bed must have been a mistake you will remember that contrary to your usual habit you retired that night very early a little after eight o'clock if i remember correctly the girls coming over the room saw that your room was dark and naturally supposed that no one was in it the grinning face of the monkey standing on the bed beside you was the death-said apparition you thought you saw at your cries the two women at once jerked on the cord and the monkey hastened back to them through the partly raised window leaving no trace of his presence except the black smudges of which i have spoken i have no doubt that jane ford followed me back to my hotel after one of my early visits to your apartment and thus learned my name and address her supposition that i was engaged in an attempt to ferret out the writer of the letters was a shrewd guess the photograph was stolen from the studio by marcia ford who being an employee had ample opportunity to stroll about the place after office hours without exciting suspicion she also arranged the subsequent delivery of the photograph and the substitution of the fake telegram even when i made my night visit to marcia ford's room and was attacked in the dark by the monkey i did not suspect what it was the room was pitch dark and in the gloom i got the impression of a much larger object a person in fact and this impression was heightened by the fact that the animal wore a silken jacket and i felt the sleeve of it against my throat i only regret that the noise the cries he made singularly human in quality made it necessary for me to leave the place so precipitately the ford girl and her sister 
had evidently just come in and rushing to the room found evidences of someone having been there the monkey had been shut in a closet and by opening the door i had of course released it fearing discovery they arranged to flee at once jane ford went uptown her sister remained to pack up her belongings the visit to your hotel the attack on you was a crazy inspiration of the moment not knowing that my wife was following her and having seen me on the sidewalk of fifty-seventh street as she drove away miss norman naturally felt that if she could get you mrs morton out of the way she would be perfectly safe in going up to your rooms even when alone with your daughter she did not attempt to do her any serious injury but contented herself with hurling the ammonia in her face counting no doubt upon the effect of the shock that would result as i have said the woman is mentally a little unbalanced the things she does are not normal nevertheless they came very near being fatal mrs morton remarked grimly the doctor informed me that the fright the shock of her experience might readily have caused ruth's death or upset her reason oh i do not doubt it replied duval the woman has all the cunning of an insane person she showed it when overcome by the sight of the death's head seal i had flashed upon the screen at the theatre she so quickly recovered herself that she was able to deceive me completely regarding her condition and subsequently to make her escape both she and her sister realized that it had become necessary for them to leave the city marcia ford taking the monkey with her in a cab hastened uptown to join her sister at the latter's apartment she knew that i was not following her for she had seen me drive off to join you mrs morton at your hotel they both thought themselves quite safe and able to leave the city without interference the arrival of my wife at their apartment caused them to hasten their plans they realized that we were close upon their heels jane ford knew that the ring containing the death's head seal was about the only evidence that existed against her yet she hesitated to throw it away as it had belonged to her father and she prized it highly with all the cunning that she had exhibited throughout she conceived the idea of hiding it in one of the tassels upon the handle of her umbrella of her umbrella these tassels as you perhaps know are usually made of round bits of wood enclosed in a covering of knitted silk the girl removed one of the wooden balls and having embedded the ring in a ball of black sealing wax put it in place of a wooden one it was a most ingenious hiding place and one extremely unlikely to be discovered how did you happen to discover it mr duval 
Mrs. Morton asked. In this way. When my wife called my attention to the spots of black wax on the tray of the candlestick, I saw at once that a far larger amount of the wax had been melted than would have been required in making an ordinary seal. The impressions on the warnings the women sent were very small and flat, so as to be readily inserted into the envelopes containing the letters without being bulky or becoming broken while passing through the mails. But here were spots of the wax that had dropped down, as large as silver quarters, and larger. What, I wondered, had caused the woman to melt so large a quantity of wax? I attempted to put myself in her place, and to think what she would do to hide the seal ring. The idea of embedding it in a ball of the wax occurred to me. But having done this, what would she do with the ball? It was not an easy thing to hide. In her purse, in her satchel, it would have attracted attention at once. Then I noticed the large black ornaments hanging from her umbrella, with their silken cords and tassels. What better place to hide the ball of wax? In order to test my theory, I twice attempted to take the umbrella from her on our way here, as though to relieve her of the trouble of carrying it. In both instances, she drew back at once and refused to allow the umbrella to leave her possession. This action on her part convinced me that my guess had been a correct one. The subsequent finding of the ring broke down her assurance. As you know, she has made a complete confession. Poor woman, Ruth Morton remarked. What are you going to do with her? That rests with you miss morton if you decide to prosecute you can readily do so the penalty for sending threatening letters through the mails is not a light one and her attack upon you under the circumstances is a very serious matter indeed ruth turned to her mother i think we ought to let them go she said and have the same trouble over again Mrs. Morton replied. I could never feel safe with that woman at large. I do not think she will trouble you again, Mrs. Morton, remarked Duval. She is thoroughly frightened. All her assurance has disappeared. She begs that she and her sister be allowed to return home at once. It seems that some relative in Rochester has offered them a home there, and they were going to join her when we intercepted them. Then let them go, Ruth Morton exclaimed. I certainly do not wish to cause them any harm, especially as you tell me the woman who originated the whole thing is mentally not quite right. She is certainly unbalanced, so far as her grievance against you is concerned. But I feel sure that were you to explain matters to her, and let her understand that losing her the position at the studio was quite impersonal on your part she will realize the folly of what she has done 
and come to her senses i will do it said ruth i don't want to injure her any more let them go home in peace very well duval rose to go permit me to say mrs morton that i admire your daughter's generosity very much good morning he and grace bade their hosts good-bye and took their leave she's a lovely girl grace remarked as they drove to their hotel i like her immensely oh then you aren't jealous of me any more because i so suddenly became a motion-picture fan richard she laughed don't be silly i suppose i shall always be jealous of you when a girl as beautiful as ruth morton is concerned after all to be jealous is only a woman's way of paying tribute to another woman's charms duval laughed <laughs> it was miss ford's way too he said but as a means of showing one's appreciation it had its faults end of chapter twenty one end of the film of fear by arnold fredericks